0: five six seven eight hello and welcome to five six seven eight a podcast about dance training my name is rebecca Verstold and today's guest is Ioannis mandafonis hello five six seven eight <laughs> hello
1: <laughs> welcome thank you for having me here
0: could you uh, introduce yourself for our listeners
1: okay so hello everybody so I'm uh, Yanis Mandafunis, I'm a dancer uh, slash choreographer now, and um, I am half Greek, half Swiss, I live in Geneva, and uh, I am maybe doing my own work for now 15 years, around 15 years, um, freelancer, and uh, so also sometimes I, voila, like with you guys here, I guest uh, for other companies, and making work for that.
0: Great. So my first uh, question is, how did you start to dance?
1: Uh, so um, I don't remember because uh, both my parents were dancers. So I saw it all the time since I was born. and um, But uh, okay, I remember I started at nine years old and it was actually very boring. So I was pretending I was falling asleep in the class. <laughs> because I wanted to go and play with my friends (laughs) outside. So after a few months, maybe three months or six months, I don't remember, uh, the teacher went to my parents and they said, but I think he's bored. (laughs) He doesn't want to be here. So I stopped dancing. And then I really started, let's say, seriously at 12 years old. And then it happened something very strange, um, because I remember I always had this tendency of starting and not finishing things. And uh, I did the same thing with, like, whatever, bicycle, piano, whatever, anything, judo. (laughs) And then um, I was very bad at school, like, super bad, like, zero everywhere. Uh, Like, so much zero, you have no idea. And uh, probably dyslexic also or something, probably, because... uh, I never looked at it really carefully, but it's true that when I read or when I write, people tell me I'm dyslexic because uh, the things they turn around, so I see the letters wrong. (laughs) So maybe I am, but now today I don't care, so there is no point. And then uh, my father looked at me and he was like, you know, okay, you are young, it's no problem, you can start and stop whatever you want, but you are very bad at school. Um dance is kind of functioning with your body. <laughs> Think about it, because um, I was like, oh, no, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. No, he was like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, imagine your life sitting on a chair in an office or something like this. And then I freaked out. I had not understood that I could um, see life from a practical perspective in the future. Meaning, okay, if my quotidian life would be In a normal job, like from 10 to 5 or like we say, you know, and maybe an officer or having to go maybe to study at a university or whatever, something normal that people do normally here, uh, I would probably freak out. And then I realized myself what I was saying when I was saying no, no, I was like, oh, my God, it's true. So, I decided that at least I would be something that is not in that realm. It will be at least physical,
0: so you started dancing by the fear of something else
1: yes yeah yeah, yeah. and and I was like maybe it's uh it's um this uh logic of uh better this than worse than this. <laughs> So I started like this. But it's true that after this, uh, when I decided uh, I, or I got scared and I realized, no, no, I cannot put my, my ass on a chair. It's not possible. <laughs> um, it's true that after I didn't miss any dance class or anything. Like after I was very driven and I liked it. Mm. Uh, it's not that I I felt some pressure or something. No, I just had maybe to understand that if it's not this, it had at least to be physical. But then since I was already in it, it kind of followed uh, naturally. Mm.
0: Do you remember what you liked when you when you uh, started?
1: I remember the smell of the studio. Mm. But this, I don't know, it's a much older smell because I'm born in this studio. So before the studios, they used to, um, they were wooden and no linoleum. And they used to s- smell like a colophane. I don't know how you call it. This thing that we put under the ballet shoes for not mm. slipping. This powder, like magnesium or... I think it's magnesium, and um, and there was this taste of uh, uh, not taste, sorry, uh, smell of like um, this colophant together with the sweat of the people mm. together. And the, and the the sweat was making the wood also smell in a strange way. And you can never really clean wood the same way you clean a linoleum. So it was always a bit stinky. <laughs> this I will always remember and uh, i don't remember my first dance class because it's not very clear since i stopped start stop start but i remember when i did well like i told you before the click and i was like okay no now this i'm gonna do and uh, i really really did it when i decided to go to study to in paris because in i wanted to do ballet at the time so Uh, there were some teachers coming from abroad because ballet in Greece at the time, especially, there there was no really teaching for ballet. It didn't really exist. Contemporary more, but ballet was really, the level was very low. So some teachers came to give some workshops and then they told me, oh, if you want to do ballet, then you have to go abroad because here is not, the level is not good enough. And so then I said uh, to my parents, I want to to leave. So no, I had said to the teacher, so where shall I go? And they told me... "Eh, you can go to... They told me a few schools. And because I was speaking already French uh, and Greek at the same time, so I th- I thought, okay, let's go to f- France because it's easier also for school and everything. So that's how I went to Paris.
0: And how was the education in Paris? Uh,
1: this was... Uh, the education was very... Okay, well, it was ballet. So first of all, it's very strict. And uh, with a lot of... Um, sometimes strange comments and a lot of competition between the people which actually I have to say it's really because we were very young because when I was there I was like I started 13 no sorry 14 years old I think at 13 I did the auditions and then at 14 I was there or 14 and 15 I don't remember exactly but around there and um, actually I remember that there was this So for me, coming from a country where competition was not really part of the culture, we are not very competitive in Greece, also not between us. Um, Or at least not as much as what I felt in Paris, (laughs) if I compare to that. Really, there was this total competition all the time. And I remember I was shocked. I was like, wow, so here you compete against each other. I mean, there was a culture of it. And it's not even that the people were into it. But it was kind of imposed by the society or something. Because now that uh, I still have friends from that period, from my dance school, uh, they are not at all like this. So they also changed. and So we probably were not like this. We changed to survive this kind of schooling. Mm. And then we changed again, (laughs) probably. Because now uh, we talk about uh, like some people that uh, I thought like, wow, this is very competitive here. Now we are very good friends. We we spend weekends together with our kids and everything. I mean, it's like totally different. So then uh, I can say that it was okay. Ballet, 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 ballet from (laughs) the morning till the evening. This is clear. Uh, Many, many ballet, different sorts of ballet classes and stuff and stuff. But there was one good thing in this conservatoire where I went in Paris. Is that we did a lot of anatomy, a lot of like um, uh, also anatomy that you apply on your body. So some parts of the classes or some classes, sometimes the anatomy teacher would come in the class, and then later in the anatomy class or in some kind of moments we had together, like hours or something, they would make us, for example, some other kind of exercise from another technique, and then we would apply it to the some bar or some center. And then we could start slowly. It was the beginning of that, I think, that we started to not just do ballet, but we wanted to take knowledge from other things. Um, before this, our teachers, artists, they told us, oh, no, this didn't exist at all. And I know that now this is quite... Uh, it's really in schools, you have a lot of this uh, this mixing of things. But uh, back then, it was not so much. So our this school was kind of like... Uh, I mean, for a ballet school, because contemporary schools, of course, is different. But for a ballet school, it was already kind of more open-minded. And many people, like me including, we knew we're not going to become ballet dancers. We knew we wanted to have the technique, the knowledge, all this. But we already, and also our teachers were already telling us, but you know, there is this kind of choreography, this kind of dance. So already I knew I wanted to do more neoclassical or close to contemporary stuff Mm. already back then. And that's also how they took me. Like I said it in the, when we had to, to talk, to do the, the, how you say, the, the interview um, before to enter, I said it, I said, I don't know if I'm going to become a ballet dancer, but for sure I want to first become one and then I will see if I will Mm. do it or not. But this was for sure that I wanted this knowledge at least.
0: I also wanted to ask you about your butto training.
1: So it's not butto okay. with a T, it's buddo with a D. <laughs> with a D, because butto is a dance, <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. and buddo is martial art. Actually, it means uh budo if you cut it it's apparently in japanese is bu and it's do <laughs> yeah guess what it's bu and it's do <laughs> so the do is the one you do for the, you know the christmas cookies <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> the way of the christmas cookie no um it means the 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 path of courage mm-hmm. so i think path is bu and do is courage or the opposite i don't remember now but it means path uh, path of or or Uh, uh, yeah no it's path of courage so path courage together it makes martial art so now why do we say martial art and they say path of courage I don't know (laughs) don't ask me (laughs) but apparently that's what it says so I believe them I don't speak Japanese but I believe them (laughs) and um, this is uh, like I met this guy Akira Hino that uh, many people that you know and now the dance world knows a lot uh, we met him through the um, uh, in the foresight company through a training that he kind of came to to give us, and that was because there was a dancer in the company that uh, was uh, saying very different things than than us, and she was dancing very differently. And I had also seen, and everybody had seen, that uh, she has a different presence, a different way to address uh, her her attention and intention towards the audience, and have, let's say, the spotlight on her, and she was very clear with her decisions, although we were all doing the same improvisational techniques, she had something that we didn't have. And we asked her many times, and every time she said, ah, this is Budo, is Budo, is Budo. And I said, at one point we said, what the fuck, who is Budo, what's this? <laughs> she said, well, I work with this guy in Japan, Akira Hino. And uh, so together, uh, we. I think we talked all together, and Bill said, okay, uh, let's bring this guy. Mm. So he came at the beginning for two weeks. And then I immediately, I saw this knowledge and he came uh, uh, with totally different inputs, exercises, uh, ways of connecting to the body, feeling how movement works, functionalities, uh, a lot of different things. Also... Uh, the final like what you want to reach there, because it's different what they want to reach in martial art and what we want to reach in dance but there are a lot of parallel things you can actually benefit from in both cases and then um, so I started to train with that then I loved it it actually changed my changed me totally and then he was coming every year again and again and again then uh, forsyth he made few pieces with a lot of elements inside of course, it was always his pieces, but we really went in deep into what it means—a real stop, a real start. Um, what it is to change the the center of the body and not having it anymore. Like everybody tells you all the time, no, oh, the base is uh, from your the feet, and then it's uh, the or many people will tell you it is the hips stuff, and then this guy said, no, no, it's in your sternum. It's where your heart is. And then you go, oh my God, <laughs> you have to change all over again because you don't build it from down up. You actually, I mean, for me at least, I felt, oh, I have first to find this point in my sternum, uh, which is called kyokotsu. And then I have to actually go from there to the rest of the body. And anyway, many, many, many things. I cannot go now into details. But And then I, so we trained. Then we made some pieces also with some colleagues of mine. Uh, the first one that was really really based it was called pad pad it's like the let's say the first not the first piece uh, i did but the first with the one we really started with me and my friend uh, fabrice we started it was a duet to really tour with it so it was let's say the beginning of being a professional choreographer let's say and really aiming for something more than just choreograph for your, because you like it, or choreograph because you're a dancer of a company, but you are interested in, and you try your chance. No, it was really driven. And inside, I have to say, was 80% of Budo, basically. So then this kept on becoming uh, more and more present in the choreography, in the dance, and in the training. This is the important thing. The training was very important. And then when I left Forsyth Company, um uh, actually uh, bill he was very very cool because he i told him okay i'm gonna leave and uh, but i still had um, more than six months to finish the season i said but i'm here you use me how you need me and he told me it's okay i don't need you take this money and i wanted anyway to go to japan he said take the money i pay you until the end come only for this and these shows because they were at the end because we cannot replace you and but th- th- we are now in a new creation we don't need you so i took this money and uh, i did also um, i took a scholarship because it was not enough is <laughs> japan is expensive and i went there for three months or four months no, i don't remember it was a long time ago and i went to to his place and actually trained for like all the time like 12 hours a day so that gave me a very strong base of of working there with him and other people and also a lot alone but also to be plunged and dive into this environment of martial art which is different although many many dancers train with him so i was always close to dancers also there but there was the cases that i was only in martial art context and that was very different suddenly i was like okay, this is another life, another way of uh, understanding what repetition is, what is a functional body, uh, what is uh, the aim of something, uh, what means to be with somebody uh, doing some exercise. I mean, it was totally different. And I never felt so much pain in my life than when I was there because just of the repetitive movement again and again and again until... You die and it becomes a reflex so that basically their their point is that you shouldn't think when you have a fight, because if you think you're too late, basically (laughs) it's too late. The other one has already reacted, acted and you're dead. This is the basic uh, logic of that. But then for me, I was like, oh, this is very interesting for dance because even in ballet, we repeat things endlessly. But this repetition was not a repetition of combinations of steps. It was a repetition of a single movement for like 40 to 45 minutes. Every day the same single movement. And of course this is much more painful because it can be a simple movement but it can be a complex movement or it can be a uh, movement that needs, uh, I don't know, some uh, uh, kind of like f- a lot of energy or a lot of torsion or a lot of mm. tension. And that goes very deep into your body, obviously, or like a huge effort, but you have to do it because the base is you have to do every movement one thousand times every day. Mm. So it can be every day for a period or a period could be from one month to a few years and it depends on what kind of movement you're doing. <laughs> But for sure, it's not you do it 1,000 times today and that's it, you have it. No, no, you have to do it 1,000 times for a very long time until it really sticks with you. Uh, And even today, I have to say, there are things that I put a lot in my dance and I don't repeat them as singular movements anymore because martial art is not my aim, but this functionality of martial art within the dance is my aim, is part of my aim. Uh, But I still don't do this repetition. There are very few movements that I'm like once or twice a year. I'm like, okay, let's take a month now to work on this or that. And I still do it. Mm. And then it's really it suddenly it puts me back into this Japanese mode of like (laughs) Mm. magic life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it when we during the process, we did like some exercises in the beginning, and like with that repetition, I felt a difference when I repeat a dance movement that I have some sort of idea where I'm going. But when we did this martial art movements, I also felt like I just kept repeating it, and I don't know, I I almost don't know what I look for, and it just go again and again and again without knowing yeah. where it's going.
1: It's exactly this because um, the aim is different. It's yeah. not going anywhere. It's just to prepare you to be able. To to have the correct function when in the situation you will have to, uh, I don't know, defend yourself. Yeah. Whatever. Like the, it's really a, a meta, meta, meta level, and sometimes you don't even know why you train. It's not even for the stage, or it's not even. It's like it's just. It's uh, that's what I love. Uh, many people tell me I'm a crazy, but I like because it's pure knowledge. Mm. I will never use it. I don't even know how to use it. I never used it. <laughs> um and I think if I had to use it, probably I would not even be able to mm. because uh, uh, the martial art format of the exercises we do is still another part. I'm doing only the physicality of the exercises. It's a totally different uh, realm. So I would be unable to fight, I think, uh. um, unable. So so then you go like, why? Because, ah, uh, cazzo. Cazzo. I'm not Italian, but I say cazzo today. <laughs> because uh, of the knowledge, the body knowledge. And this, I think you have to be passionate about. If you're not passionate, passionate, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> If you don't have a passion about <laughs> about the body functionality, uh, you don't do it. Without having a name or a show or something clear, a goal. I, I don't have a goal when I do it. I just do it.
0: Mm.
1: It makes me feel good. <laughs>
0: nice. Continuing on that, I have this question that I ask all my guests. If you think about all the dance training in your life, could you mention some things that you are grateful for that it has taught you or trained
1: you mean all these hours, all, of the hours. <laughs> the, all those days. <laughs> uh, OK, I remember one teacher especially. I remember one day. So I, at the beginning, it was uh, Jean Guiseric's uh, uh, Etoile from the Paris Opera that was our teacher in variations and, and duets. And I remember that uh, we did a variation uh, it was Les Sylphides de Fauquin and it was the first time in my life, I was maybe 15 at that moment, 16, so maybe 16, that I understood something about why a certain specific style exists. For example, I understood something about Romanticism at that moment. And it came like from this teacher, he was so inspiring me, And the music and those steps, I I got so inspired that I remember I was on the verge of crying during the class. And I mean, you are 16 years old, only boys, because we didn't mix with the girls for the variations. We didn't mix. It was like, it was very, I don't know. The girls were doing the ballet steps for girls and we were doing the ballet steps for guys. It was very... I don't know if it was stupid because it's different function or we needed different exercises, but we didn't meet them very often. (laughs) We were not very mixed, that's for sure. And then I remember all my life that I had to do and I was listening to the piano because we had a pianist and I was dead and I was like, oh my God, this is why it's not only Training and dance is an art and it's not only gymnastics. I understood that that moment it went click. I was like, "Fuck! I can express an emotion," and this emotion. So maybe I'm more romantic. Me as a person, so it hit me more. Somebody, maybe something else, would would make him the click, or I say him because we were only guys in this in the class. And uh, I did this variation. And at the end, I felt in my my muscles that everything was awake but long and smooth and it was everything was in place, and my heart and my emotions and my body and my bones everything and I had never felt this before in a non strictly training thing, so that everything got aligned, my emotions, my brain and since then. I understood, okay, so for me at least, I can tell you, Romanticism made me a big click. Other things that were maybe more technical or more <laughs> circus style, they never touched me. I had to do them, we did them, and maybe at times uh, I wanted to even do them uh, like, oh yes, you believe in it, you are young, you have to believe in it, otherwise you don't go through this uh, school, but that was really a special moment. And I remember that what I learned that moment is that, okay, a teacher can really inspire you. But he was an artist, a guy. He was not anybody. I mean, if people know a bit about ballet, they know Jean Gisrix was a special dancer. And he could pass it on. So I saw for the first time in my life somebody passing on inspiration to somebody else not only all the technical like in spirit i got inspired he managed to inspire me and i saw this so that was very important then a lot of uh, bullshit happened <laughs> i pass uh, go very fast and, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then i remember my last show when i was in the opera in getteborg we had the show I don't remember now. I think the choreographer was called Birgitta something. She was doing dance theater. And um, at the same time, we were doing some piece from Ohad and her piece and some like um, some pieces like this. And some from Forsyth. It was a very different project program. And there, I had decided to leave the company. And uh, then that day the emotion I had again on stage because I knew it was my last show and I would maybe not see these colleagues again anymore and they were still a part of my first contract really was my first job. Um uh, I was dancing and crying. That was very strong moment. So and I remember that all the this knowledge, all those years of this training that we did, it came into a moment I was like, wow, it's to be able to still be able to perform, although it's difficult moment. It was a very difficult uh, show, but I managed to continue to perform. So then I was like, uh, okay, training is not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I could do both at the same time. Dance and cry was very good. <laughs> and then uh, I would go jump very uh, far again. I would go directly to to for the Forsyth years. So the first year I was dancing like shit, really. Because all the things I had done until then, they never asked me to transform my body or transform my vision of dance or transform my how my sensation of how my body functions and then for one year I really struggled because I had to change how I wo- I was not only operating with my body in the things that uh, the tasks and all the things but I had to change how I feel the sensations how I feel the body. And then it took me, and then Hino he came, so Budo came at the same time so it helped me, so it was a double transformation so it was a lot of uh, and uh, so I was dancing like shit and then uh, so much that at one point I went to Bill and I said uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I see that I dance very badly <laughs> but he was a very patient man I think uh, I, see, I I see it I just don't know how to I, he was like it's gonna take time don't worry he was uh, okay so it was a fight and then we had to do this piece loss of small detail and I wore a costume the costume of uh Issey Miyake actually and I really struggled to dance this piece it was really like and then I put the costume on and in half a second I went like boom and I did the movements I had to do them, like exactly how they should have been danced. And I understood this from one single moment wearing this costume. Of course I had to work until I... But I couldn't pierce it. I couldn't go further. I was stuck into trying to still understand. And then I wore this thing and it that was it. After this, I had few struggles, but they were more mental. But at least the body and the work was really going. Um, that was cool. Then uh, I'm not going to jump in time so much because there happened many things. So Budo started to come in and then uh, I got the, the chance uh, to dance a piece called "Off Any If And, also from Bill. It's a duet, very difficult duet. And I had um, one of my best friends actually, we dance together also now sometimes, Mart, uh, Krü. Krummenacher, <laughs> she's Swiss, so it's like, <laughs> and we, so we were together in the company, and we learned this very difficult duet, and then one day we were on stage uh, in Dresden, and something happens again, one of these moments you look well, like, uh, time disappeared, I don't know who was who, our bodies, they had become one, I mean, it's a very special uh, atmosphere, and this piece was like a kind of piece you, you want to vomit in the middle, I mean, it's too difficult physically, and we finish the piece, and the curtain f- closes, and then I hear behind the the curtain, I hear people screaming, screaming. I was like, what, what the fuck is happening? Somebody's killing somebody or what? And then it was, uh, yes, it felt like we were dancing with angels or something. I don't know how to even explain it. That's why I say these images. And then the people that were standing, and then uh, they were crying, like the people in the wings. They were crying. I was like, what, what's, "What's happening?" I had not understood what happened. It happened something special. I understood. So it was one like a magical moment. And they kept us again and again. And they were clapping, clapping. Everybody was crying. Uh, Bill was crying. Uh, the technical director was crying. Everybody was crying. Um, that was really special. And then, so it's it's moments that you feel everything goes in into li- alignment because you train you train you train and you continue and you rehearse and you and you bang yourself on the wall so much and uh, so this was a very special thing and then after this it was really very enjoyable all the w- all the way because it opens doors and if you are uh ready to say I'm not going to close it again I want to continue digging in that because I want to feel this uh, great sensation again and again and again, and maybe every day if it's possible, then you have a goal. Suddenly Mm -hmm. you work towards the goal. So for me, these uh, these two or three things like in the school, then with the costume, then uh, with this special alignment or whatever happened, these two or three things, they were very important because they show me there is more to it. It's not a job, it's more, you have to go further. Uh, this was uh, very important. Wow.
0: Well, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a bit about the process that we're in at the moment. Um, so in my like dance life, I have had several times this experience that maybe is also similar to what you talk about now. And I it's hard to put it in words but you you talked about alignment or like we could call it flow or presence or whatever it is like this total and strong experience of your body and I think I have had a bit of a almost spiritual relationship to it thinking like yeah sometimes it just happens it comes (laughs) to me and sometimes it doesn't and with the this work you have like uh, here are the tools to uh, get you there and you have like made a shift in me saying also that it's technical and now I feel like to a larger extent I can put myself in that experience I don't have to only wait for it hmm. so uh, can we talk a bit about this method of yours <laughs> yeah.
1: so it's not uh it's the tools that bring there is not the method then it's not uh, uh, w- it's not my method. Is I use uh, I use it uh, this word method because uh, it's a, a series of exercises, but um, pff, they come from so many people in so many places. So um, it's not from me. It's like it's common knowledge, but it's from choreographers or dancers that I met, or or people like this. Um, yes, the the question is. Um, one day I had to do an interview and somebody told me in the interview and said, and what about inspiration? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a very big topic now if we have to open this one. So I kind of made, I boiled down to the problem is not inspiration, is to be able to arrive to the state consciously, uh, at demand on demand at uh, uh, with your own will when you need it so because if uh, you dance great in a day and you have like you said this is a great experience oh great fantastic but in a bad day mm, go and try to trigger inspiration that's not so easy So for this you need a lot of training of course work but you need to train with tools that are will enable you to go back to this state not tools that will just... Uh, um, work on. I don't know. I'm saying something stupid on your muscle or your or on your technique or you know, that. Of course, won't help. Uh, so th- there are many ways to get there. But for me, I found that um, if you keep yourself busy using tools that will enable you to work on your sensations, your sensations, and you and you you work enough on that your sensations will at one point oblige the rest of your body to follow and to be aligned when i mean your body i mean uh, your mind your physical body with its functionality and your emotional body and who god knows only if the soul is there or not this i don't know (laughs) but probably i guess it gets aligned or the soul is looking from the top going like Well, I'm still here waiting for you to wake the fuck up. (laughs) That's also an option. Mm. But uh, I don't know. So since I don't know, I cannot talk about it. It's just a sensation. But this is personal. But what I know is not personal and it's for everybody. Is that if you work consciously with the fact of, first of all, starting the day by dancing for yourself, without judging anything of the outcome it's already a very good training because it's very difficult to not judge what comes out uh, and then the more you let's say because very often when we don't judge let's say we go to a club or something we, we just enjoy we don't care so if you're able to repeat already this in the studio after all the tools we use okay there are so many tools i cannot name them now but uh, of course there is a like specific things you can do but let's say the basic idea is this then you start putting some form or some pressure or some uh, there is some prerogatives we have to make a piece we have to do this uh, if you manage to place all these, these things you have to manage to do and you still keep the fun in it so you resist to the form but you keep the fun at one point, the formal things you have to do and the fun part or the part that moves you when you dance when while having fun, you keep this part alive and you remember to yourself, I have to continue play with dancing because this is why I started to dance and that's what I like. Slowly, slowly, the inform- the, more st- the more formal information will come in without being imposed, without being a shock. It will not be a battle. Slowly, slowly, you will accept that you are. And also the tools will accept you, probably, that one can fit the other one. But if you try to impose the tool, very often you start thinking again and you back into blocking yourself or your body or your relationship to the space or you close the doors of the potentialities that are around you in the situation you are in, or you close the, your heart or your emotions and you don't feel anything, etc. Et so you open the wrong direction, the door that goes into this. And then if you stick to the fun even in more and more and more, it becomes like a bit addictive. Therefore, even when you arrive to more pressures, you, the addictive part, you kind of brainwash a bit yourself. The addiction part is taking over the professional part, let's say. The one that says like, no, but you have to do it good. Because you have experienced enough that when you are actually relaxed, enjoying and having fun with what you do, the formal information when it comes in, it is actually enhancing your fun. Mm. And this is the, for, for me, the core of the thing. So very often people, if they come to see how we work, they will think that we are crazy, like they just put music on and they dance like shit for one hour. Yes, that's what we do. Of course, we try to do all the tools, the backward, the this, the verticality, the floor, the field, the ground, of course. But first of all, we put music and we have fun. This is the bay and we always keep this then the moment we switch off the music to start doing whatever we need to do, the body has understood, no, 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 but don't open the door just there. Or the soul, or the your character, or I don't know what has understood, but it, you actually oblige it to look at it from, first of all, the point of view of this, what I call fun, but you can call it, I don't know, maybe it's more freedom, maybe it's, It's more open-minded, not minded because there's no mind. (laughs) Maybe open uh, breath or love or what. I don't care how you call it. Um, And embracing at the same time all your habits because normally everywhere I go and I go or to teach or something, the first thing, as soon as somebody is, is actually a bit aware of that and wants to change it, they tell me how can I change my habit? And I'm like, oh no, don't even go there. You won't be able to. It's it's like you lose from the beginning. No, keep your habit. I don't care about your habit. But first of all, dance and have fun. Slowly, slowly, even those habits that we don't like. So the ones that we really don't like, they will slowly, slowly go away because we put the focus somewhere else and the ones that actually are necessary because they are f- for our physical safety or f- because they constructed us and they brought us until here today and we don't need it anymore, it lives, but if we still need it, it will stay. But it will be performed not and it will be perceived not as a habit, but as a, as a beneficial thing. So also the, f- the form of the body when it will do this habitual movement, it will not be a movement. It will be part of the body itself. Therefore, it will not kick in to the viewer's eye, nor to the dancer's experience, like, oh, something wrong happened. No, this is like I have a right foot or left foot. I have this habit. It's like having a right foot and a left foot. Mm -hmm. I have also this habit. So then it becomes more natural and slowly, slowly that, but that takes more, that takes years, it could eventually live. But if you go like, okay, give me a pill and a, a trick to get rid of my habit, it won't happen. It just won't happen. Mm. It takes time. That's why I say, I go back to what I said before about I wore the costume because people would say, yeah, but uh, you said it, that happened one second. No, no. That's the second where I felt it. I, I wore the costume and I felt it. But that means that before this, there was a lot of work and so for the second to appear. Yeah. Um, and. This is the thing.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of like click dramaturgy in the work. Like you struggle for days and then all of a sudden something clicks. And of course, it's partly because of those days of struggle.
1: Yeah, also. But it's also because suddenly you found a better alignment between your different bodies also Mm. and the tools you are using. Therefore, it goes click because ah, the click is an alignment. And then you can de-click also. (laughs) That's a bit more painful. And then you struggle to find the click again. But this click, that's why I call it alignment. Because every time I saw somebody doing a click, usually I can see, first of all, the brain stops thinking rationally Mm. or it does inconsciently, I don't know. But we are not busy thinking at that moment. We are doing what we do. And suddenly, the space the body, uh, the emotion, uh, the openness of the eyes, of looking around, of being in the situation and not being on your own body and on your own story. And uh, all the directions that actually go through the body, they penetrate the body and they exist already. Suddenly everything is aligned. Yeah. I see all those elements that I say one by one. I see them all alive and functioning simultaneously. And usually that's when people say, oh, there is a click. Yeah. So then the work is to be able to work slowly, slowly from the morning to until a certain uh, time in the day so that you wake up all those elements, the front, the side, the back, the uh, um, so that when you actually dance, it happens.
0: Yeah, It's nice to think about it as several bodies, because I can have this feeling that one of my bodies are dancing and one of one is like observing. But when I've yeah. had these click experiences, there is like no, no one is observing or like the observer is also dancing. <laughs> I don't yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. it's just... The, ah.
1: the, the que- then the question is gone. Yeah. But that's why you said, because we started, because you said that it's technical. Yes, for me it's technical because this alignment is what we have to find every day. It's sustainable every day and for a long time. It takes concentration. It takes effort. It's not easy, but the reward of it and the reality of it. When you're in, you go like, wow, you feel like a bit. I know it from myself and I see it when I see you guys doing it. You feel alive from the top to the bottom of your body and beyond. Mm. This is the thing. And that's why I'm like, no, no, it's technical to feel all these things. They are, of course, they are the tools. So yeah. maybe now I cannot talk about the tools exactly. Uh, go to the movie of the methodology. <laughs> but just imagine, maybe we can this mention <laughs> because like because it's, it's too many tools to there, tell them now. Exactly. There are a lot
0: of tools, but like one for because now when we talk, it can also sound a bit uh, magical, but it's like, not, no, 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 it's practical. No, exactly. And for example, the tool of verticality and thinking of a uh, second spine behind your spine directing your movement
1: yes so okay so we can talk about this so we imagine for example that verticality is not only our verticality meaning the verticality as a dancer that we always feel and our spine is vertical towards the ground blah 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 blah. but you imagine that you put a verticality which is in the space behind your back like a imaginary second spine further back, in the space, not even in your body. And you work with this verticality. So you refer to this verticality. You feel the sensation and suddenly, slowly, slowly, you feel there is almost a second body behind you. And if you allow, for example, to, not you allow, you actually guide it, you do it. You go like, I would like that it's my second spine that will actually push my physical body. So it's an imaginary thing. Actually, you will feel that there is something pushing you instead of you going for it. And then you follow something, a wave, an energy, a direction or whatever, call it, how want you. But uh, maybe it's imaginary at times, but the more you train, it becomes real. Therefore, suddenly we see a body moving into the space and you don't see the body in the space. You suddenly see this person, this presence going around as if something else pushed this person. And this is really visible from the audience point of view. It's not, um, it's visible. The state and the present changes totally, drastically. So it is very practical, yes. And you train with it. And even if you're laying down, you can imagine that this line, this verticality, is laying down with you under the floor. Mm-hmm. Or if you are actually, I don't know, on all fours, they can be to the ceiling. Or you can imagine that, It's so far that it becomes one with the wall. And then when it's it's the whole wall that will push you, suddenly you have a lot of power. You go like so. But it's not just uh, the problem is that when you don't experience it, you can think you don't not experience it. You don't train with it every day and believing in it because there is a lot. Maybe this is the most important part. Even if it's imaginary, you have to believe in it. Mm. The more you believe in it, it starts to become real. Uh, because just you believe in it. Or you accept, the moment you accept, no, I'll, so okay, it was imaginary at the beginning, but then I still felt a different sensation. S- if you stick to the sensation, you will be blind very fast again. Because you cannot find any sensation by itself. You have to find what brought you to the state or what brought, what were the steps you did. So that this sensation comes, I remember uh, when I worked for at the Opera of Lyon to make a solo for this dancer Jan Leva. Uh, he was amazing at working and like really like so much work he put into this method, let's say. And then uh, for three four days I lost him. He got lost because one day he had an amazing dive emotional dive um, an amazing experience and then the next days he was looking for this sensation and he had lost that no no the sensation came because I did this and this and this and this and this and that brought me to that state that made me this sensation that created this experience and then I felt this and then he lost himself for three four days and then one day I told him you know just go back to the basic. Do all the tools from the beginning. And he did it. And So he was lost. He was totally lost. So he was feeling some kind of sensation that maybe was, but it was not. And then he redid all the tools. And then he found it again. And then he could do all the series. of It doesn't have to be all the tools, but the tools that brought to this specific sensation... And then he, analy- he understood what were the tools, so every day he was doing them. Mm. And then every day he was getting there. So it's like sending a letter to the post. You have to write the address on it. You cannot <laughs> just send a letter like this, even if it's a love letter. You cannot. You have to write an address. It has to go somewhere. The letters have to be clear. Anna. So it's the same thing. You have to be very clear with all the tools and then they will open up this door and then you then it's easy. Then you just jump in, <laughs> yeah. but you have to work to go until to open the door.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing that you have been saying during this process, this um, silly thing, but that has been very effective. Silly. Pipi P- caca. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's because my daughter is two years old. It's like... <laughs> I mean, the Pippi caca face too. <laughs> um, Pipi yeah, it's very effective. Yeah, tell yes. us. Fuck, it's so effective. No, because uh, I think uh, what is uh, very effective about Pippi caca is... Because this is a very simple sensation that we all know. I'm sorry to say it like this, my friends, but when you go to shit... It is orgasmic sometimes. No, it's like, ah, uh, you, like, uh, you relax. There is something that goes away. And uh, I mean, very often we all go like, ah, after you do this thing. This sensation, when you are stressed and when you feel there is pressure, it's very important to be able to take the tension because before you go to Okaka, you have a tension. You have to push, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you uh, you, so you have the tension. And then you do the action, and then comes the wow. Plus, this is a very intimate moment. So normally, this moment, you don't share it. So the effectiveness of it, it, it is that because you're on stage, nobody knows that you're imagining or you are trying to remember or feel the sensation of what it is to relax your perineum, for example, and pee. Or to relax your uh, sphincter and shit nobody knows that it is under your costume nobody sees it but you the fact of doing this they do it in singing i'm not inventing it i did it in when i tried to sing a little bit at one point it didn't work (laughs) but i did some exercises and they do they push and they relax the sphincter i mean some singers they cannot go on stage opera singers if they don't shit before it's clear um, there was a, a singer like this, Benjamini Gilli, very important, uh, maybe more important than Caruso, like before, a generation before. Benjamino Gilli, he was not going on stage if he was not cheating, because he needed to have this ability to use his, uh, his sphincter and his perineum in a specific way to be able to hit the notes the way he needed to hit them. So I thought, okay, let's take this and put it into dance but for our emotions for our presence we use it for something or or for uh, movement also It's possible so you feel this pipicaca like we say it very stupidly this pipicaca thing nobody knows it but everybody feels that you are relaxed and you feel like at home while being on stage because normally this you feel it in your intimacy you never share this so by in a way silently sharing it because they don't know it that you share. What they perceive is that you are totally comfortable and you are fine being there where you are in front of them, being watched by them and you don't feel the pressure of being watched. You are there and you offer something to the audience which is very intimate. Uh, this obviously it has an effect on the audience because we are all affected by each other the, the, the sensation and the affect is something that is ruling us, <laughs> we are, uh, we all have affect. So when you use silently something very personal, intimate, and it's physical, so it's a sensation you can recall, because the, uh, pipi caca, you train every day, huh? <laughs> for all the days of your life, so it is very intimate, for sure it creates a huge mm-hmm. difference, and then you can approach any tool in a match with a better psychology because you are more (laughs) relaxed you accept things and then of course the audience accepts you if you accept they will accept is it is it's a one-on-one with audience it's really it's it's exact if you feel stressed they will feel uncomfortable if you feel relaxed they will feel comfortable if you feel like a lot of tension they will start going like oops what the fuck is happening here the if you it is it is like a carbon like a print.
0: Yeah. I have had it in like when I dance and maybe slow down and come to more of a stop and I want to go on again. So I like look where, where and I'm like up in my body. Where is the path to go on? And then the kaka and it's like <laughs> open. <laughs> then it's obvious.
1: It's obvious. The the direc- it even go. gives you the direction. It gives direction. You just go and walk and go and yeah. it starts.
0: Very effective. I also wanted to talk about your coaching skills or your Uh like teaching uh, (laughs) methods maybe like we do this um, situations where we have gone like one by one standing and dancing in front of everyone and it's quite like it's a confronting (laughs) situation
1: i hear hear your voice is a scared voice no no. (laughs) no but i even
0: i even think it's been like very generous in being a bit hard on us like also being professional now or whatever that it's not that often that someone says like no try again not like that like calling out you mean like going back to school a bit (laughs) Uh, but in a good way like you're expected to do that yourself all the time but sometimes you need also help to open a new door to go far in a direction to realize that you can go there
1: I think it uh, that comes a lot from martial art, because in martial art, when we started to work with, uh, I mean, when I say martial art, I always refer to Akira Hino's martial art. I don't know the rest. I don't know anything about the rest, actually, but about my experiences with him. And he always said, you do this exercise and the opponent has to receive the result of your movement, let's say, okay, in the direction, in the force, in the whatever. And the person that is actually the one that is blocking you, let's say, and you have to like go away from him or like get rid of him, of this person, uh, has to say or yes or no. Nothing in between. No explanation. No like, oh, maybe a little bit. uh," They have to say, yes, I feel it. So meaning you, you mastered it or no, I don't feel anything nothing and if it's feel a little bit it's not enough it has to be the mm. total so where i think maybe if uh, i do this and you guys feel comfortable is because there is no judgment mm. it is like in the martial art you made it you didn't make it point it's not there because it's not artistic it is about a specific tool or a specific thing we are looking for. But we are looking for something. We are not going blind into like we put a philosophical term and we try to analyze the philosophy it has nothing to do with philosophical terms or anything that is abstract is totally we You can do this from the moment you work on concrete stuff. From the moment you work on abstract stuff, it is different. But when, for example, we are working on how to enter on stage, How to face the audience, how to accept the outside eye, how to offer your body as a present to the audience, how to fill the space and feel that the space is actually going through you and not you are going through the space, etc., etc., etc. It is very concrete aims that we have. So it's very easy to say yes and no because you will not take it personally because it just shows, okay, work more on this tool to achieve this. That's it. Now, the difficult thing and that's where, the uh, maybe about the the skill, is that when you go into a blockage of somebody, you could go many times and you might have to repeat it many times. And then that's where it's more difficult when I have to say no repetitively. This is difficult. Uh, But then again, it's really about, for me, I say it technically to you guys. So you feel there is no emotion. I'm not expecting you also that you manage. I'm just saying this, no, it didn't work. Mm. And then suddenly it works one time. And I think the important thing is that when it works, I immediately see there, Mm. but I don't say it after, oh, you know, you did it good when, and you don't recall. No, no, I say it on the moment Mm. it happens. Now. And maybe it can happen not in a moment we're doing this exercise. It can happen in a moment we do another exercise. But I have to keep open to for everybody, so I have to look at nine people all the time, basically, to go like to anybody. I say like, now, that's it. You remember when we said na 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 na? Now you did it. Do you feel? And then the person goes, yes, no, okay, you didn't feel it, okay. And then we can talk about or see. A, but usually, because it happened, the, this, this this moment, something, when I say, now, the person reacts, oh yes, yes, okay, I understand, therefore, then you know at least how, what it was, this feeling. Yeah. So, for me, even abstract notions, I work on them from a totally concrete point of view, so that there is no emotion, no beliefs, because if you go in there, everybody would believe something different. If you go into opinions uh, let's go back to Pipi Picaca, like the French people, they say opinions, they are like assholes. Everybody has one. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if they say this in English, too, probably. And um, and uh, is, you, you will never have an end to that. So basically, But then that's where I took an artistic stand from the beginning. When I started to work with this, I decided that I am never going to focus on aesthetic part. The aesthetic is out of the question because from the moment I want to see my own aesthetic or as a choreographer or whatever, whoever wants to see his own or her own aesthetic into a piece, into a moment in the it's over. All the other doors, except the aesthetic, because it is becoming the goal at that moment, then closes all the other doors. Mm. Everything is closed. So, but this is a conscious uh, thing that I took very conscious from the gun. I Say, I want to get rid of this aesthet- of the aesthetic and of the choice as an artist. Saying yes, but I prefer to look at it like this than like that. I have to take out myself from the middle. Otherwise, I don't especially in improvisation and in live choreography or instant dramaturgy because I I call I, I that's what we're doing here. We're trying to really make a piece on the spot all the time. I have to remove myself because I am not the choreographer. It is the performer that has the responsibility to choreograph and make the dramaturgy at the same time. So perform, choreograph and dramaturgy at the same time, simultaneously. And this all has to come naturally, without thinking, just because you use the tools in a specific way. No, because the tools put you into a state that may, uh, allows you to do the things you do. Yeah. Uh, this, this is my goal, to open all the doors and almost to say to the audience and to us uh, with that, we're like, no, no, it's all OK from the moment. You know where you are at every second and you accept it. You say, yes, let's go for it. But you do the experience. You just don't say yes and look at it and then judge it. No, no. You say yes because you are in it and you are doing it. Yeah. Therefore, you take the whole responsibility. Either you fail or you make it. So now we go back to the basic. Yes and no.
0: Yeah. I think for me, one of the things when I started... The reason that I started this podcast was that I experienced such a difference between the way I danced when I was training and the way I often danced in pieces or on stage. But in this work, it's like uh, training, performing, and choreographing. Because it's, it's basically t- the same.
1: Is <laughs> training is training those three things? Yeah. We train to choreograph. We train to perform. We train to dance. We train to make dramaturgy. And there's no training.
0: difference between the practice. When we train it and when we perform it.
1: No, I uh, what I like uh, now that you say this is what John he said because uh, we had filmed a little bit no at one point w- when we were doing one 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 actually not even uh, if only I knew um, and uh, actually he said oh it's the first time that I look at myself on a video and it looks like it feels in my body. Oh, he yeah. said this ah uh, for me it was great I was like oh, okay because it's true no as a dancer you feel somehow and then because you try to enter in the form which is not the form of your natural body, your natural form, it always looks different from what it feels inside, always. And that's why we hate to look at at ourselves. (laughs) And sometimes in order to go into this form, we have to actually change our sensation, change how we would dance in order to fit better the, the form. Then we like more to see ourselves dancing the form. We like, okay, I got closer to the form, but we don't like the sensation when we dance it. But both together, it's, it never happens. This is because, exactly like we said before, there is a choreographer on top that wants to see specifically an aesthetic. It's clear. The moment you take out this person (laughs) or this aesthetic, because it's not the person, the problem is the aesthetic. You take out the aesthetic, this this question is gone. Therefore, after you can have people dancing how they feel, and of course, then they would like to see themselves dancing because they dance exactly how they feel. Mm. But this thing of trying to fit the thing that is out from me, but on top of it, it's not abstract it's formal I mean we can do ballet mm. <laughs> you will mean, <what> I mean? <laughs> then we can do ballet mm. I don't see in in in, uh, in theory either is di- is different in physicality but in theory uh, there is absolutely no difference for me if you do an aesthetical contemporary piece or ballet because both have at the same uh, at the end the same goal to reach this aesthetic, this style, this way of moving, this... Uh, and this, for me, is what I'm trying to to propose a different way. So no, 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 no. I don't care about what is going to come out mm. aesthetically. But if you are so real in what you do, I will not even look at the aesthetic. I will look at you as a person in your reality on stage because eh, I will be affected. Pipi caca. Affect... I am with you. Mm. We are becoming closer, closer and closer to being friends or becoming one or sharing the same space. But for real, we don't have the same roles, but we share the same space. Yeah. I am sitting, you are dancing, but we are here together. It's almost it feels like, <coughs> sorry, we are doing it together. The fourth wall that we call on the stage or something, it's gone. Of course, it's gone because pipi open your it's very simple huh? Op- uh, open your chest accept to be watched open your heart let the emotions flow up and down it's fine to see somebody cry or laugh Or it's fine it's normal it's natural and let and let this guide you and show you the direction the movement the verticality the whatever now uh, I'm just using the three things we said from the beginning just to yeah. and then there are like tons of others we cannot name them all (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: I have a final question that I ask all my guests it's a bit of a tricky question so you interpret it however you want what is a good dancer?
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay no but uh, for me uh, a good dancer is somebody that is really embodied when the dance happens like embodied, you really feel a bit like what we said before, like this person, wow, enjoys dancing, enjoys being here now, uh, is fully involved. And you feel there is no back, uh, uh, back in the background. There, not, there are no question marks or something It's like it is clear that that's what I do every day and that's what makes me happy every day. And when I'm on stage it's and I'm in this state, it's natural to be there so for me this is a b- good dancer i think this is a, the the ability to get there is it's already very difficult to get there yeah mm. uh, good dancer or good artist i don't know i don't know then it becomes <laughs> blurred. what is What's but for sure this mm, for me uh, when i see a dancer dance like this i'm like wow that's a good dancer
0: yeah Thank you so much for guesting. Thank you. And thank you, whoever's listening.
1: Thanks to the listeners. (laughs) Thank you.